Scripture this morning is from Genesis 28, verses 10 through 22. Jacob left Beersheba and sent out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, which is with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the, the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that, that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. When Jacob, then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I may return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Well, good morning. I hope you had a delightful Christmas time with your family, and that it was a joy as you spent time with those that you love and enjoyed this season. We had a, we had a delightful Christmas. We were uh, in Loman, and lots of snow up there, and just beautiful and, and uh, nice white Christmas, and really enjoyed that time. It was a little bit challenging, uh, a little bit difficult, because um, two weeks ago, uh, my little guy, Alex, uh, he broke his arm, uh, his right arm, and uh, so this made the, the season a little, bit, uh, a little bit difficult for us. But he was, <clears throat> he was uh, doing what most brothers do, wrestling uh, with his other brothers, and some of you know what that's all about. And uh, he's the youngest. He's six. And then Joshua is uh, nine, and Caleb is 12. And so they were just goofing off like they typically do. And uh, doing a little WWE uh, SmackDown wrestling, jumping off the couch. And Alex, uh, unfortunately, lost uh, this wrestling match. And um, all of a sudden, we're in the kitchen, and we hear, uh, we hear, Dad, get over here quick. And... Uh, run over to see my little guy on the floor uh, in pain, and uh, his, his arm's over here, and your arm is supposed to go straight, right? But it, it went straight, and then it took a nice dip down, and then it went back, and both of those bones, uh, right in the middle of his arm, just snapped. Nice, clean break. And so he's laying there, and, and uh, I go get a blanket just to... to cover up his arm so he doesn't have to kind of look at it because it's really bad. And, um, and he's like, Dad, you know, did, did, did I sprain my arm? You know? And I'm, I'm like, yeah, son, uh, sprained your arm. And, uh, oh, yeah, okay, well, okay, let's, you know, what, what are we going to do? And, 
And so I'm looking over him, and he's just in pain. I'm like, hey, Alex, Alex. And he's starting to cry a little bit because it just hurts. And uh, I'm like, Alex, I'm right here with you, buddy. Right here with you. Okay, Dad. And, and how is it a bad sprain? Yeah, it's a pretty bad sprain. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so then I pick him up. It's kind of hard to pick him up because his arms all, you know, all over the place. And so you get him up, and, uh, and I'm carrying him out to the car, and, and I'm holding on to him, and his face is right here, and he's, he's crying, he's in pain. I'm like, hey, Alex, right here with you, buddy. Right here with you. I got you. And so we get in the car, and, and I'm holding him uh, on the drive over to the, co- to the hospital, and, and uh, we're walking in, and, and he's like, what are we doing, Dad? I'm like, go to the hospital, because the doctor needs to see your arm, and, but I'm right here with you the whole way. Okay, Dad, you know, and get in there. And here's, here's where you know things are bad. When, when you pull off the blanket off the arm and the nurses are like, oh, my, oh, you know, after he finally had mellowed out, then it was like, what, what, you know. So it was a bad break, all to say. And um, I'm like, it's okay, buddy. I got you, man. We'll go through this together. And they give you this, uh, they give you this medicine. Some of you have maybe had this before when you break something or are in pain, but it's a, you're, a, you're awake. You're not fully put under. Uh, but you kind of you kind of go to sleep and then and then but you're alert uh, but you don't remember anything that happened to you apparently uh, is this drug they give you and uh, so they gave them that you know and I'm like okay they're going to give you some medicine now Alex and here's what's going to happen and all of a sudden they start to straighten out the arm you know and to reduce it they call that and so they start pulling on the arm and he's he's laying on the bed uh, totally what he seemed to be totally knocked out and they start doing this all of a sudden he's like ho 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 <laughs> And, I mean, straight up out of the bed. And, you know, I hold him, and, and I'm like, Alex, right here with you, buddy. Lay back down. The nurses are, lay back down. You're okay. I did it three times. Three times. As they're, oh, hey, what, what, what? You know? And, and uh, but here's the, here's the good news. They don't remember any of that stuff, you know? And um, so I, I got some for the house, just, you know. Uh, it's, uh, you never know when you might need a little bit of that. So then he's, he's all, you know, hooked up to the oxygen, you know, in his nose, the little tubes, and, and he's got the IV, and it's just the most pathetic picture, you know, and, and he's, they put a splint on him, and, and the whole time, uh, as he woke up, came out of that uh, sedative, uh, said, Alex, hey, you're all done, buddy. We were right here with you the whole time. You're good. You're good to go. And the whole journey, and then we went to the, we, we let it, the swelling go down for a week, and then we went to the the casting deal at the orthopedic uh, surgeon doctor, and, and we got him a we got him a, bru- a blue and orange bronco cast. Uh, so and his, the cast comes his arm here and, and then up above his elbow, and so he'll be cheering or taking a right turn. I don't know, I don't know what that is, but it's stuck like that. Whole time, whole time. I told him, and he knew. Dad was right there with him. And I know many of you parents have been through the same deal, where you have let your children know that you're walking this journey with them. You're right there in the middle of whatever they're going through. And that's this story this morning in Genesis 28. And if there's one thing that I I want you to walk away with this morning, is this, that God loves you. God loves you. And he is with you, right in the middle 
of where you're at today, no matter what your circumstance, He is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. That has been the story of God's love from the beginning of time. Emmanuel, God with us. He has always walked this journey with us. He is a God of relationship and a God of love. And from the beginning of time, you cannot miss God's pursuit of relationship with us. And when we enter into relationship with, uh, with him, his life is with us. That is who our God is. And I don't want you to miss it this morning, no matter where you're at in life. That's the true love story of our God and our Savior Jesus. Jacob is learning about this love of God in Genesis 28. I want to remind you of where he's at. He's one of the great patriarchs, and he will become Israel someday, the father of the nations. His name will be changed. We'll see that later on in the scriptures. But he right now is on the run. He's a guy who has absolutely deceived everybody. That's what his name means one who deceives. And he has deceived everybody in his family. He took the birthright and he took the blessing from Esau, his brother. And Esau is murderously angry. He is going to take his brother out. He's actually said, listen, you're going down. That guy has deceived me enough. He will be finished. He deceived his own father. Isaac, that's pretty low, isn't it? When you're deceiving your father with a great plan of deception. You're in a low place when you do that to your dad. He's deceived his dad. Then, then Isaac and his mom say, listen, your brother's going to kill you. You need to get out of Dodge. And so go to Haran and, and go to the family there and get yourself a bride. The blessing is upon you, Isaac gives to Jacob. And so he goes, and he is in a place of absolute uh, just loneliness. He is in a place where he is wondering what in the world is going on, and he begins this journey. Now, if you remember from previous chapters, this is about a 550-mile journey. In those times, it would take about three weeks to a month. And typically, you would go in a caravan and have others with you because it's kind of a dangerous journey. Not Jacob. Jacob's flying solo on this one. He's flying solo. And he gets about 60 miles to a place just outside of Luz. Uh, Luz means uh, almond trees. It was an area that was, that was blessed with, with beautiful almond trees. And he gets outside of this place. And so in Genesis 28, beginning in verse 10, we catch up with, with Jacob on the run living a life that is a broken mess. And the truth is, things are broken. And my question for us as we, as we look through this text this morning is how does our loving God respond to his children when they're broken? How does our God, the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, how does he respond to us, those who are followers of Jesus Christ? How does he respond to us when we are broken? 
Verse 10 says he, he's making his way on this journey. And again, you've got to have the picture. He is alone. And he's scared. And he comes to that place just outside of, of Luz, and he is, he is wondering, you know, is my brother going to catch up with me? Is he, is he right around the corner? He's always looking over his shoulder. He's starting to realize what an incredible mess he's made of his life. You ever been there? Going, how did I end up here? And he's getting tired. He's afraid. He's, he's frustrated. The text gives an idea that he's kind of complaining and grumbling about his whole circumstance, even though he really brought a lot of it on himself. And he wants to just go to sleep. I think he's fearful of what might be going on in the town if word got out about him, because typical hospitality would have been that you go into the, the city square and someone would take you into their house. But he's, he's camping just outside. And like we've enjoyed these last several nights, of, if you've looked up at the stars, there's been a, an incredible canopy of God's beautiful creation of his stars. Crisp and clear. And so I want you to have that image in your mind as you think of Jacob laying out. Now this is a guy who's a mama's boy. Really, he's a mama's boy. He's never been out. He wasn't the wild hunter like Esau was. He doesn't know how to camp. He doesn't know what's going on. He's not a tough guy. He really always depended on his mother. They were very wealthy, very wealthy, so he lived in comfort pretty much his whole life. And now he's at a place where he's got nothing. And he grabs a rock off the ground for a pillow. And you can imagine him looking up at the sky and going, where is my life headed right now? You ever been in that place? Many of us have, and we feel alone. We feel desperate. We don't know how anything is going to work out. We might be stuck in a dark, lonely night, filled with uncertainty. Maybe you went to your first AA meeting or are going there. Maybe you have an appointment with an attorney this week because things are a mess. Maybe you've been in the hospital room or today you go back to a lonely house. Maybe you just received the pink slip this week and have no idea how you're going to pay your bills. You might be in a a broken love relationship that's just killing your heart. Maybe some of us have ended up in endless depression. All these places lead, lead us to a place that feels desolate, that feels like you're not going to make it. You feel absolutely alone, like Jacob. And what I want us to see this morning, the question that we have to ask as children of God, when we feel absolutely, utterly alone, is are we really? And I think this text, and I think the word of the Lord will show you this morning, and through his spirit, that you are not. Emmanuel, God with us, from the beginning of time, and then through his son Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He's laying there, he's starting to fall asleep, and then he has this incredible dream. 
or vision. And what he dreams is, in verse 12, is that there is a a ladder, a stairway to heaven. You see, God did stairway to heaven way before Led Zeppelin, okay? I just want to get that right. There is a stairway to heaven. And, And in this dream, he sees on this stairway that there are angels descending and ascending up and down all the way, and the ladder reaches to the heavens, and there is an opening in the heavens, and it comes straight down to where Jacob is, laying on this rock. And at the very top, he sees the Lord God Almighty who reveals himself as such in this dream. It's an incredible dream. You go, what is this dream all about? What is this vision that that God is giving to his servant Jacob who will one day, one day become the father of Israel. He is Israel and will be the father of the nations. How does the Lord minister to this broken man? How does the Lord minister to you and me when we are absolutely broken? Do you remember Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5? Blessed are those, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. What that means is blessed are those who are beggarly in spirit, who are absolutely at a place where they realize their need for God. They realize their need for his life in theirs. They are so hungry for God that Jesus says, you are at a blessed place when you recognize your need for God and his spirit. Now, what is the promise of Jesus as he teaches the multitudes about who he is He says, here's my promise. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit, beggarly in spirit, for you shall see the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? That's him. It's his presence. It's all of his life in ours. You shall inherit, you shall see all that God is about. You shall have his presence within your life as you need him he pours himself out upon you yours is the kingdom of heaven all of my blessing all of my life upon you that's the promise of god emmanuel god with us blessed are you when you see that need and you accept him to fill you up, the bread of life, Bethlehem, house of bread. I think this story is pretty amazing and what God does with this vision. I mean, you've got to picture the scene again, which is Jacob, Jacob is a fool. Jacob is a sinner, big time. He's sinned against everybody he knows. He's, he's burned all his bridges. You know, he, he has ruined it all. And he... He is sitting here in the middle of the desert, just outside the city, 
full of sin, full of self. And what I love about this story is right in the middle of his sinfulness, the gateway of heaven opens up and comes right to where he is. That's what God does with you and me. As children of God. You and I both know we sin pretty incredibly terribly sometimes. We mess up big. And God is reaching out right in the middle of our mess. And yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Because he longs for relationship with us. What amazing grace is poured out to Jacob. And the Lord is going to respond to his need. And he gives them this blessing. He gives them this blessing. Same blessing that he gives to Abraham. And he responds to Jacob, knowing exactly what's going on in his heart. And I love the way the Lord speaks in this dream to Jacob, because it's exactly where he's at. And if there's one thing, again, to be reminded of about who our Lord is in being with us, He knows your need. He knows your need. He knows exactly what is going on in your life. Just as I do as a father with my children, I know what they need. I am attentive to where they are at. I have a pursuit of wanting to meet their needs as a loving father, like you do as parents, I know. And you don't think that's so much greater from our heavenly father? And so he ministers to Jacob, knowing his need. First, he reminds, in verse 13, he reminds Jacob of who he is. I am God Almighty. I am the God of your father, Isaac, and of Abraham, your grandfather. I'm the same God. I'm the one who gave blessing to your grandfather, Abraham. I'm the God who loves you. I am the God who is a covenant-keeping God. I have promised from the beginning that through your seed, the Messiah will come. I keep my promises. I am a faithful God, even though you are not faithful. That same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, dear brothers and sisters, that is our God. He's the same God speaking to us today through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm a God who loves you. I am a God who wants relationship with you. And he ministers to Jacob this way. I am the God of your fathers. And in verse 14, he gives another promise. And as he meets the need of Jacob, again, he left with nothing. He could have had all the blessing of his house. He was very wealthy. He could have had it all. He leaves absolutely impoverished. He has nothing. He's going to show up at Laban's place. He's got nothing to offer except his labor. And what does the Lord do? I'm going to bless you anyway, even though you made some bad choices. In your brokenness, let me remind you of the blessing. I am going to give you all this land that you see. I'm going to give you all of this area to you and your descendants, and it will be all of yours. I know you're feeling impoverished right now. 
I will bless you and I will keep my promises. That same promise that I made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, that same promise is coming upon you, Jacob. And isn't it cool that God in this dream is giving this blessing. Jacob tried to steal it. And now God is giving it freely. All of this will be yours. And as he relies on the promises of God, he becomes rich in God's goodness and God meeting his need and God loving him right where he's at as he does with us. And we shall inherit the kingdom of God. That is our land. That's heaven. It'll be ours, and we are rich because of it. He continues to minister to him, and he reminds them that that everybody will be blessed because of you and your seed. Now, you've got to understand something. Jacob, when he took off, when he deceived everybody in the camp, and then he's off running, he left a dishonored man. You can imagine Esau is making sure that his reputation is just terrible in the camp. Did you hear about my brother Jacob and all that he did to the family? He left a dishonored man. And as he goes and leaves and feels just the weight of all that he has done and the dishonor of everything that is going on, God speaks to his heart. Blessed will you be, Jacob, and the seed will come through you, and you will be a blessing to everybody that you come in contact with. I love this because right in the middle of all of your mess, when you think you've gotten to a place where it's like, how can God ever even think about using me again? I have sinned in ways that not even sailors, you know, do. And God comes upon this broken man and he blesses him. In this beautiful dream, this vision that speaks to his heart. And so God does with us. Through his spirit, through his word, he's speaking this blessing to each and every one of us. And when you think you've gotten to a place that the Lord cannot use you or doesn't want to lift your life back in righteousness, then be still and let him minister to you. This is why I came. This is why I sent my son to wash over your sin. Rise up. Get off your mat. You are forgiven, child. And he blesses Jacob as he blesses us. He can begin with us right where we're at. And he gives us incredible value even when we think we're not valuable. And then the Lord speaks, I think, the most powerful words. And I think it's the core of this whole passage in verse 15. He's laying on the rock. He's seeing in his dream God up above. And God says to Jacob, as he's on the run, a broken man, Jacob, I want you to know something very clearly. I am with you. I am with you. Jacob, 
I am right here where you are at. You think you're away from me. You are not. I am here. And where you are, I will be. The gateway of heaven in our relationship, it comes right down to you. Because I'm a God who's full of grace and love, and I come to you because I long for relationship with you. I will be with you, Jacob, Emmanuel, God with us. This is the relationship that the Lord has desired from the beginning of time. And you cannot miss this love story. This is God's words to us from the beginning. This is holy God who who is so full of love that He created you and me. And then He created us to have relationship with Him, but he, He gave you that choice. But from the beginning, He longed for us to come into relationship with Him because He wants relationship with us. From the beginning. I am with you, God promises. I will watch over you. God's assurance of his guardianship, his protection over us. The scriptures cry out through the Psalms, I am your shield. I am your rock. I am your fortress. I am your foundation. God with us. You cannot miss these words. And you cannot miss the spiritual reality of who God is in his character. From the beginning, he says the same words to Isaac. I will be with you, Isaac. He says the same words to Joseph. He tells Moses, I will be with you, Moses. Now go deliver Israel out of Egypt. This is what God told the children of Israel when He led them out. I am with you, dear children. It's what He told Joshua as He's about to go into the promised land. Joshua, be strong and courageous. I'm with you, Joshua. He tells Gideon when he's facing all of the Midianites, thousands upon thousands, and he has a small army. Gideon, you will defeat this army. Why? Because I am with you. He tells the Israelites when they're in exile, I am your God. I will be with you. You are my people. This is God's love statement to us from the beginning of time. It's the whole Bible all the way through. You can't miss it. Emmanuel. God with us. It's an amazing story of grace and of love. And I love something that's left out of this passage that you don't see as Jacob has the vision of the ladder. He doesn't say to Jacob, Jacob, get up. Let's get moving. Get your act together. Start following me. Be obedient. Now let's move. And he doesn't do that to you or me. He understands our broken state. He understands that we have nothing left. 
It's God who's doing all the work. Jacob, I'm coming right down to where you're at. I want you to see my love, and I want you to see my grace. That's what you need right now. You don't need some sort of charge to move ahead. What a touch from God to a broken man. It's the same touch he puts upon us. I know your need. I know where you're at. And Jacob receives this this love. God reaches down right where he is. Emmanuel, God with us. Then Jacob wakes up. And how does he respond to this incredible dream? He says in verse 16, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. I missed it somehow. Surely the Lord is here. And he, and he goes and he, and he worships God. He sets up an altar to God and he calls this place Bethel. This is the house of God. This is where God dwells. This is where God reaches into humanity. This is it. Bethel. His eyes are opened up to the spiritual reality, which is God is where I am. I need you to hear that this morning from the Lord. That your eyes would be open. That sometimes when we miss it, like Jacob did, that God, through the power of the Spirit, would open up your eyes. That God is with you. I didn't see Him. He's with you in that hospital room. That God is with you in the middle of a messy marriage where for whatever reasons you are killing each other. And God is saying, I'm right here. Will you respond to me? Because I long for you to love each other well. But I will give you strength in the middle of this mess. And you're not doing this alone. I am with you. I'm with you right in the middle of your physical pain, which sometimes you go, Lord, will it ever go away? And what he's saying to you and to me is, I am. I'm with you. And like a child who runs and crawls into your bed in the middle of a thunderstorm. The child doesn't come and say, Lord, Dad, Mom, make the thunderstorm stop. They just want you to hold them through that thunderstorm. That's what God does with us. He doesn't make the pain necessarily go away. But He's right there with us holding on like we do as parents when there's a big thunderstorm and our children are scared. May our eyes be open like Jacob. What did he see? He saw all those angels pouring down, up and down, up and down, ministering angels. I think sometimes we forget about the angels, that God has an incredible work through his angels. He says in Hebrews 12, he says this, He says, there will be those coming to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. And you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels who are in joyful assembly. Oh, there's angels. And Hebrews 1 reminds us of their ministry. In Hebrews 1, 
Verse 14. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Who will inherit salvation? You and me, those who are followers of Jesus Christ. Are not the angels ministering spirits like they did with Jesus in the desert when he was tempted? And they ministered to him. Are not they sent to minister to those who are those who will receive salvation? And so as Jacob saw this vision of angels up and down, the the angels ministering to him, but the word of God ministering to his soul, a spiritual reality of what's going on all around him. God with us. God over us. God using his ministering angels to come along our side. And so Jacob rejoices like the psalmist does in 139. Where can I go for your spirit, O God? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. And so he praises God. And he worships there at that place called Bethel, the house of God. Jesus makes reference to this passage in John chapter 1. There's a guy named Nathaniel who's a skeptic. Philip says, hey, Nathaniel, I want you to come see this guy, Jesus. He's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel says, what what good can come out of Nazareth? Nothing. It's a terrible place. But he comes in and Jesus says, ah, here's a man full of faith, an Israelite, full of faith. And Nathaniel says to Jesus, what are you talking about? How did you know? And he goes, well, I saw you sitting under the, the tree. Well, then surely you are a man of God. You are the Lord. You are the king of kings. And here's what Jesus says to him in John chapter 1. And you can't miss this. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under that fig tree. You shall see even greater things than this. And he added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open up. And you shall see angels of God ascending and descending. This is the key part. You will see all of that take place upon, on the Son of Man. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, I want you to understand something about who I am. You will see the gates of heaven open up and this relationship, this lifeline, up and down between man and between God Almighty who is holy, you will see that upon the Son of Man. It is because of Jesus on the cross. He, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is this ladder. He is the bridge. And Jesus is making it very clear. It is because of me you will see the gates of heaven open up and that relationship will be upon me because I paid the price for your sin. 
and I rose again. And those who will believe upon me shall not perish, but have life everlasting. This is who I am, Nathaniel. The gateway to heaven. I am a God who is with you. And God sent his son Jesus to die on that cross so that we might be with him. That is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. From the beginning of time, from the beginning of time, Emmanuel, God with us. Genesis wraps up and God speaks these words to Jacob. It says, Jacob, I am with you. I love you. I will guard over you. And then he says this, I'm going to return you to this land. I'm going to bring you back to this place of promise. I will return you here. And as I studied this passage this week, the Spirit just reminded me of John 14. And let me read this in closing. Do not let your hearts be troubled. This is Jesus speaking. Trust in God and trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. And this is, this is a love, this is a marriage passage. That the, the bridegroom would go and prepare a place for his bride. So this is full of marriage and love and intimacy. Don't you know that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And here's the promise. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me where I am. I want to be in love relationship with you, and I want you to be in love relationship with me. And don't you know, if I prepare that place, of course I will come back and I will bring you into the land because God with us. And Thomas goes, but I don't get it. What is the way to that? And Jesus in John 14, 6 says, I am the ladder. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through the Son. Emmanuel, God with us. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for your life in us. And Father, would you... Pour out your spirit this morning upon each and every one in this room that they would know that you are with them. That you do not leave them as orphans. That your spirit is upon us. And Father, we thank you that that you dwell in us and we in you. That we have been placed in Christ and you have been placed in us. Father, we love you and we acknowledge you as Lord and Savior as the gateway to heaven, as a lover of our souls and the one who longs to be with us in relationship with us. In your beautiful name, amen. We're going to take communion this morning and I think what a beautiful morning to do that as Jesus provided the way through the death of his son, through the resurrection of his son. And as we believe upon him, We rejoice in our relationship with God Almighty. Let's take communion together. Out of Hebrews chapter 10, 
Everybody kept trying to get right with God through their sacrifices. But there can never be enough. And so the scriptures minister to us about the price that was paid. Chapter 10 of Hebrews, verse 15. The Holy Spirit testifies to us about these things. And he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And then he adds, their sins and their lawless acts I will remember no more. That's a beautiful passage. And he says this, And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. That's because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice once and for all for each and every one of us. And so we rejoice in that gift of salvation, Christ's body, broken for us. It continues on about our relationship with God who longs to be with us. And he says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is His body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We enter the most holy place the gateway of heaven because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for us. And so we praise Jesus, his blood shed for us, the ladder to heaven. From beginning to the end, God's message to us is that he is with us. And as he wrapped up his time with his disciples, he gave this beautiful promise. I want you to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And here's the promise to his disciples as they go, how do we do all of this? How do we live life from beginning to end? Dear disciples, remember this. Saints of Cole Community Church, surely, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And so this season, we praise God, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. May you go, knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ goes with you. God bless you guys.